Hello, and welcome to Moms Going Boldly, a podcast about the new Star Trek Discovery TV series by two moms who write about autism and who happen to also be Star Trek fans. Together, we talk about the new series, how it relates to previous versions of Star Trek, and any autism issues that we happen to see along the way. I am your host, Elizabeth, and with me is my co-host, Vicki. Hey, this is Vicki. Together, we are Moms Going Boldly. Today, we discuss the episode Lethe. Merriam-Webster's dictionary defines Lethe as a river in Hades whose waters cause drinkers to forget their past. Today, we're talking about the episode Lethe. This episode starts out on Vulcan because Sarek is departing on a diplomatic mission to meet with some Klingons to see if they can help promote peace talks. I was really interested in hearing what you thought of the way they designed the look of Vulcan. I'm not sure. I don't really remember. I mean, I mean, I know they've shown as Vulcan before in other shows, but I guess it never really made an impression on me. So I don't know that other versions of it. It was shinier than they've shown us in past. And at first, I was really worried that they were actually showing us Kronos because it looked a little bit like how the interior of the Klingon ships, Takuvma's ship, looked to me. So we see um, Sarak leaving on his diplomatic mission, and then we cut to Michael Burnham, who's training Cadet Tilly in their disco T-shirts. <laughs> I got it now. Discovery, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> So now I'm going to be looking for my disco shirt and my black insignia on Amazon. After Cadet Tilly had sort of taken Michael Burnham under her wing to help her manage some of her emotions, now Michael Burnham is taking Tilly under her wing to kind of help her with her aspirations. Right. And we actually got to see something that I don't think we've seen at all yet in... Tell me if I'm wrong about this, but Michael Burnham actually smiled. She did, yes. I think she smiled with the old captain, and I don't remember people's names. I never will. That's Captain (laughs) Giorgio. Sadly, however, Tilly is losing her autism vibe. No, there's a part that made me laugh when they were, well, we'll we'll get to it. I don't know that she, I, I think maybe she's on the spectrum somewhere, but... There was one part in particular that made me laugh. And, you know, as we both know, girls present differently and girls actually adapt more social understanding than boys do on the spectrum. So she could still, we could still be running with the autism vibe here. They finished their training. They're running through the halls of discovery and Michael Burnham is encouraging her to increase her, reduce her time, increase her speed to reduce her time to meet a particular goal, which will help her meet her goal to become the captain. And afterwards, they go into the mess hall and they sit down and they go sit with the new guy, Ash Tyler. And as we discussed last time, I'm convinced that Ash Tyler is Vok. And I'm sorry, I forgot while they're running through the halls of Discovery, Ash Tyler and Captain Lorca are training in a simulation. A deck on the ship. A holodeck on the ship. We're just so going to pretend like that discontinuity doesn't drive us nuts. Not going to pretend. <laughs> <laughs> it 
But and then where I think you might be right about Ash is the captain saying that he fights like a Klingon. Yeah, that was something. And it was real interesting too about how the captain was kind of quizzing him and checking up on his background. So the captain didn't quite trust him either. And I'm not sure he does a hundred percent. I think he pretends. I don't know. This particular episode, we got to see some really ugly things from Captain Lorca. Yes, we did. And the dark side. uh, You know, a huge dark side. But I'm starting to see some parallels between Lorca and Ash, which we can go into in a little bit. Burnham and Tilly go into the mess hall after Tyler has had his training with Captain Lorca. Captain Lorca is satisfied and has is making Lieutenant Ash Tyler his new security chief. And as Michael Burnham is introducing herself to Ash Tyler, she suddenly has this attack. And, you know, when it first started, I was wondering if she was having some kind of subconscious reaction to his Klingonness. That's exactly what I thought, too. And, in fact, it is a reaction to the fact that Sarek is in distress His diplomatic mission has been sabotaged by Vulcan extremists who don't believe that Vulcans should be in a federation with humans because humans are inferior. And so she's connected with him through his katra and that mind meld that he performed on her. And so she collapses because he's collapsed. And she wakes up in sickbay. And I love the fact that Tilly is holding her hand. And I also found it funny, even like before that, that Tilly was the one giving her social cues. Kicking her under the table, which was funny. Michael Burnham explains to the doctor and to Captain Lorca what's going on, that she's got this connection with Sarek and that he's in trouble. And Captain Lorca immediately says, we're going to rescue him because this is a chance for peace. And he even says he's going to do this over the objections of Starfleet. When I watch this again, I realize that this is where I see one of those parallels. And this is assuming a couple of things. It's assuming that Lorca is not who he says he is. And it assumes that Tyler is not who he says he is. And if that assumption is incorrect, then this theory is terrible. But they're both taking actions to try to achieve peace, when in reality, they're both actually about war. They want war but they're going through the motions of pretending to get peace in order to really insert themselves into where they need to be to achieve their real goals. Exactly. And he's not about peace at all. He's not who he says he is. Like I said last week, he's not about peace. He's about chaos. He's about war. Pay attention to this when he says that kind of stuff because that's not really what he means. So they have this proposal to use Michael Burnham and her connection with Sarek to be able to find him. They rig up some kind of Katra diviner machine and they take a shuttle into the nebula and Lieutenant Tyler is the commander of the shuttle. And another really great scene happens here because Captain Lorca says, bring her back in one piece. Yes, and he thought he meant the ship. And he didn't. And Michael Burnham. And I wanted to go back Oh, yes. Um, To go back to when Michael and Tilly were talking at the replicator. He has no idea the way the captain feels about her, her family, or he's, like, in in Tilly's words, he's adopted her. She found it odd that he would feel that way about Ash, and Tilly said to him, well, what do you mean? He practically adopted you. Which I think was really interesting, because I haven't seen anything in this yet that shows that he adopted Michael Burnham. Well, once they got the tardigrade and the, the jump system, once they got that up, she shouldn't have had a job. She should have gone back to prison. And you're right. She, Yeah, she had done what she, he had brought her on to achieve. And 
what he says to Tyler in the shuttle does reinforce what Tilly says. You're you're you right on point there, because it's not the shuttle he wants Tyler to bring back in one piece. It's Michael Burnham. And I was so focused on Tyler's response to that, I didn't think about what that meant about Lorca's behaviors. I had been paying attention to this is the moment where Tyler had been lukewarm about Michael Burnham because you didn't really get to see them interact much. As soon as she introduced herself, she fell into this. She collapsed. Right. But all of a sudden, Lorca, Captain Lorca tells, who I am still convinced is Vok, tells Vok, she's important to me. Yes. And then everything kind of changes. Meanwhile, as they go out to the nebula to try to find Sarek, Admiral Cornwell shows up on Discovery. And she's really unhappy with the command decision that Captain Lorca made to go rescue Sarek. I know. <laughs> and then comes some of the most disturbing interplay I have, I've, get, I've ever seen on Star Trek. This was up there with that episode of The Next Generation where those people who could retrieve memories came on board and one of them attacked Troy. Do you remember that yeah, one? I yes, I do. Can't even watch that one again because it's just so disturbing. He sits down with her. She's unhappy about his decision. She's worried about him. She says he's different since the destruction of the Baran. Such a big clue. All the way back to the first episode with the eyes glittering. Yes, exactly. He's not Captain Lorca. <laughs> They're sitting down there having a chat. He pulls out a bottle of whiskey and they're going to have a drink together. And she says, do you remember the last time we put down something like this? And he has a completely blank face. Doesn't remember. And then he covers really well. No, no, it was such a long time ago. We were so young. Yeah. But she caught it. They're having this conversation over whiskey. Meanwhile, out in the nebula, Michael Burnham is having difficulty in Sarek's memories because he keeps trying to kick her out. He does not want her there. And it's the memory of the day she was rejected from the Vulcan expeditionary core or whatever it is and she can't understand why he keeps kicking her out of this memory and the only thing she can think of is that he's so disappointed in her that he doesn't want her there apparently she lived her whole life thinking he was disappointed in her it's actually ash tyler who helps her focus on how to get into Sarek's memory and wake him up so that he can initiate the transponder so that they can find him in the nebula and rescue him. And everything he was saying about death is not really a Klingon way of thinking. I still got the impression that he had to dig into, if he's Vok, he had to dig into his own feelings in order to be able to be sincere at that moment and convincing. I, I believe you're right about him being Vok. It was just jarring that the things he was saying were not really the Klingon. But if you think about it, it, it kind was when a Klingon dies what's the Klingon thinking of his regrets or the people he cares about I mean I think that was the crux of it and it's not I don't think it affects the I, I don't know maybe maybe you're right and maybe it's part of the training he got I so I am convinced it is him too jarring that it wasn't for a Klingon thinks of glory it was a great scene because he had to really shift gears mm -hmm. and he had to dig deep to find the sincerity because you know that's always the sign of a good undercover yeah. agent they right. keep to the, to the truth as much as they can. And the ship is, is where Tilly made me laugh. The first time that Michael, that she pulled Michael out of the, uh, she said that they were turning the ship around. And uh, Ash said they were turning the ship around. And Michael yelled no. And Tilly says, he actually is, though. <laughs> <laughs> I like her. I, God, I hope they don't kill her off for some dramatic so, twist. That was just so literal and just so not in the moment of what was going on. Meanwhile, back on Discovery, Captain Lorca essentially seduces Admiral Cornwell. And I was uncomfortable with that simply because of the difference in their rank. 
It's disappointing in her because how could you not know that's not a ploy to change the subject? Yes, it was well, distraction with sex. <laughs> right. The heck are you doing? You can't see that this is not real. So they apparently are doing the deed while Sarek is actually finally confessing to Michael Burnham in their mind meld that he was given a choice by the Vulcan expeditionary people that he could either have Michael Burnham be a part of it or his son Spock. And the bigotry that was displayed was really unpleasant. Bigotry about his experiment with a human and bigotry about his experiment with his half-Vulcan son. It was... Kind of icky. Right. What did they call him? You can have one almost Vulcan. Is that what they? What? What was, what was the term they used? Yeah, it was. It was icky. So we know Spock is younger than I guess. And then we also see this is why Spock and Sarek had a falling out because Sarek had made this terrible choice in favor of his son, who then turned around and made the choice null and void. Yuck. Michael Burnham learns that this parental figure that she adores and reveres and respects had failed her choosing his son over her but failed her by not telling her that it wasn't her failure and he generally didn't know that effect on her and he's feeling shame she's feeling great disappointment in him she succeeds in waking him up and getting him to hit the button on the transponder so that they can find him and they are Successful in rescuing Sarek and bringing him back to Discovery. We go back to Captain Lorca's quarters. Captain Lorca and Admiral Cornwell are sleeping off in their post-coital contentment, I guess. And she rolls over and she sees some very interesting looking scars on his back. Now, clearly they weren't there the last time they were intimate. My son and I had a conversation because he was curious as to whether they were scars from being lashed or whipped. But to me, they looked more purposeful. Almost looked like a design or um, a mark. Like they were intended to be that shape. So she's running her fingers across these scars and he reacts violently, rolling over, pulling out a phaser and holding a phaser to her head while choking her until he realizes who it is. Right. Did he do that on purpose or was that just a reaction? I have to think it was a reaction because doing it on purpose that I mean look what the reaction caused she wanted him and so I'm I'm, a, I'm thinking it's a, just a, it was a reaction because I can't think of a good reason why you would do it on purpose everything else he does is so premeditated right and right. I use that word very very purposely that I kind of wondered did he do that on purpose what you know what and what would he gain from it but if there is any gain from it it's not clear later but it wasn't clear Today. She's incredibly frightened by this and upset by this, rightfully so, and says there's something clearly wrong with him, and she's going to give him an opportunity to step down from Discovery without being humiliated, but he needs to get some help, and then he starts to get all teary-eyed, and you're right, I need help, and you have to help me, and she finally gets it this time, and she says, I don't know whether to believe you or not, so that was good that she did that, but it also meant that he had no place to turn if he was going to remain the captain of Discovery. Lucky for him. <laughs> Lucky for him that Sarek couldn't attend the peace talks or whatever they were calling it. And he volunteers the Admiral to go in his place. And at that moment, and this is where the word premeditated comes in, we realize that he is willing to commit murder because that's what the intent is. That's the way I felt. He wants her dead. Oh, absolutely. Yes, he did. And I'm sure he knew it was a trap. Even if it wasn't a trap, even if it was a sincere meeting of the Klingons and the Vulcans, 
the relationship between those two species is so different that substituting in a human for a Vulcan would never be acceptable. Right, changes the whole scope. It right. changes the whole scope. So regardless of whether it was a trap or not, he knew the chances of her coming out of that live were almost nil. And it was horrifying to see him do that. <laughs> Except that it was even more horrifying, I think, that when he went and turned to Michael Burnham and said he wanted to have her come be on the bridge now. She said she was grateful. She was grateful, and I'm practically yelling at the television, do not trust this man. I'm grateful to be serving under a captain like you. Yes. <laughs> no. Here we are with Captain Lorca just showing all the signs of being really nefarious. We have Michael Burnham turning to him and to Ash Tyler, who's probably Vok. That's her... going to make break my heart if that turns out to be true. I think you're right, but it's going to break my heart, I'm telling you. <laughs> I know, and, and I'm with you because I realized this is how much I realized I cared for the character when I see her turning towards this person who I don't think is who they say. However, what do you want to bet that the real Ash Tyler is still alive? Because they need him to help make sure that Vox's impression of him is true to form. Right. And so eventually he'll be rescued and she'll have the chance to start again. Then then we have, what's, uh, what's his name, Saru, yes. reporting the capture or the incident to the captain wanting to go rescue the admiral. The one and only time he wants to wait for Starfleet author um, authorization. That too was very disturbing. You know, she gets captured and it's very violent. And, you know, she she's... She does not use the phaser, apparently. And she's apparently in a lot of trouble. And the captain, Lorca, is not going to do anything. He's going to wait for orders. So... Saru says fine, and Saru looks relieved. Did you, did you think so? I thought he looked a little confused. He did look confused at first, but then the captain, you know, fell in line with rules and regulations, which is what Saru loves. Yeah. That's so true. he looked satisfied with that answer, and he walks off satisfied, and then we go follow Lorca into his, his quarters, and he looks out the window, and then we drop down, and he's packing. He's got... A phaser stuck in his waistband behind him, like he's going to need to pull it out and shoot somebody. Anytime, yeah. Why do you suppose he did that? He's sleeping with a phaser. He, there must be a reason why he's... Do you think it's because he too suspects Vok is a Klingon? I do. I did from the beginning. Well, not from when they were in prison, but from the beginning of this episode. Back something. I don't know if he suspects he's a Klingon, but he suspects something. As much as he says he trusts them, blah, 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 I do think there's something he's questioning couple other thoughts I had was that he maybe thought that Capt uh, Admiral Cornwell had left orders for him to be removed if something happened to her, possibly being arrested. Okay, that's true. Or, this goes back to your sparkly eye theory, if he's not Captain Lorca, if he's somebody else, then he's constantly on guard that he's going to be attacked. It has nothing to do with Admiral Cornwell, and it has nothing to do with Ash Tyler. And this is just the first time we've gotten to see what is his normal frame. There's something. There's so definitely something. So the title of the episode is called Lethe, which is, you know, these are the waters of forgetfulness that flow through Hades in Greek mythology. What, what do you suppose is the significance of that title for this episode? I don't know. Is it because... Sarek would like to forget his shame of what he did to Michael Burnham. It's got to be about either someone who has forgotten, who wants to forget, or who has just suddenly remembered. If it wants to forget, that would be Sarek. And maybe who's, who's forgotten? Captain Lorca's forgotten who he was prior to the destruction of his ship. And maybe wants to forget is 
Michael Burnham, who doesn't wishes she didn't know what she discovered about her father figure, Sarek. Could be all three. There is another really interesting fan theory that I came across, which is Lethe is also the name of a character from the original series. Do you remember the episode where the Enterprise goes to a mental health planet and they're captured by a doctor who uses new invention on them that allows them to implant suggestion into their brains? And Captain Kirk goes down to kind of investigate and with the cute brunette and then they implant the suggestion that he's in love with the brunette and they have to find their way out. Remember that one? I think so, yeah. The bad guy's assistant, who was kind of a vacant-looking brunette woman, her name was Lethe. And one of the fan theories is is that whatever happens to Admiral Cornwell when she's with the Klingons damages her brain so much that she's sent to this mental health colony and given a new name because she can't remember who she was. Oh, that's that's different. Yeah, and yeah, and and you can see where you know fans of the original series are trying to find the connections, trying to bring it into the universe that they are familiar with and love, holodecks notwithstanding. <laughs> so I know. Did you like the episode? I did like it. I did too. And for for helping, they get cloaking rights. Their yeah. ships get cloaking technology. Yes. Which they is... don't all have cloaking technology. They just dole it out. We only had one ship with cloaking technology, and now we're going to start seeing different ships have it, different ships don't, based on factions and affiliations. That makes the war all that much more complicated. So the next episode after this one is an episode entitled Magic to Make the Sanest Man Go Mad. And we get more Harcourt Fenton mud. Be interesting. So we'll look forward to that one. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can find me at autismmom.com. That's autism-mom.com. You can find me at takingstep.com. And we hope that you will join us for the next episode of Moms Going Boldly. The music used on Moms Going Boldly is entitled Without Limits by Ross Bugden Music. It is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution 4.0 International License. For more information, visit creativecommons.org. And please follow Ross Bugden on Twitter, at Ross Bugden.